The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome to Your Life, Your Money here with Kelvin, the money guy. That's not me. I'm Chris Creston. I'm just here to take you along for the ride. Kelvin, the money guy is one of the top financial advisors in the country and he's a really good guy and he's a good guy to know and he's a good guy to you know tap into when you've got money questions so i'll give you his contact information right now before we invite him in on the show askkelvin.ca is the website that's ask k-e-l-v-i-n.ca and you can call him anytime at 416-457-7526 that's 416 416- Four five seven plan, and uh, we call it your life, your money, because so much of the decisions that you make in your life have to do with money, and the decisions that you make when it comes to your money, well, it all has to do with your life. And a good guy to have in your life, working with your money, is Kelvin, the money guy. Kelvin, how you doing this week? All right, Chris, how are you? I've been good, you know. Just keep uh, keep on uh, going through here. Luckily, knock yeah. on wood, everyone is. Uh, safe and healthy and uh how's your life how's your yeah, how, how's your world yeah actually we're uh we're good everyone uh you know our office we have very skeleton staff um you know the, the covid's been actually good for for somebody like me because what happens is um you know i get in touch with my clients every every three months so since march i've been on the phone chatting with them hand holding through all of this making decisions about, you know, you know, do I think I have enough to retire, things like that, because the COVID has really changed things the way that we're thinking now. I don't want to work till I'm 70 anymore. I want to work till right. I'm five or 60. So those kind of things are really changing from what I found. Um, so, yeah. Everything. And I'm sure that, you know, every bump in the road in the market um, like one we saw recently, but probably freaks some people out. And it's then they think, well, Calvin, what's going on? What do I have to do? How right. do I uh, make sure that I'm on the right path? Am I prepared to, to weather these sorts of storms? Well, it's funny you say that because think of August. We had the best August in about 11 years in the stock market. September, we had the worst September in 18 years. So wow. it just goes to show stay invested don't time the market, stay, it's time in the market, not timing the market. So if you've got, you know, 10, 15 years to retire, this is the perfect time to plan out when you want to do it, how much money do I need? So I try and say to, you know, live your life forward, but plan your money life backwards. So start at the end, how much do I need? And work mm-hmm. it backwards, but live your life forward. In fact, with the COVID, Enjoy your life, you know, go and do things that you want to do. I mean, with, a, with our limited things that we can do, but plan out your life. The biggest thing I find over all these years, in, in spite of the COVID, is that people need to sit down and have a specific plan for themselves, short-term and long-term goals. And if we do that properly and consistently, we'll be okay. 
Right, and I guess that's a lesson to take pre-COVID, post-COVID, during COVID. You know, right, right. now we have sort of <laughs> only a few things we can do, so our short-term goals change a little bit. And uh, reading a study over the week, actually, that uh, most working Canadians are actually doing better off right now financially, paying off debts and things like that. But they're also more nervous about the future. So that's something that's definitely coming up along the way is people are still going to be in the short term a little nervous about their footing and things and making sure wanting to make sure that they're in a good position to retire now when if you've got a lot of runway to retire you sort of put it on the back burner a little bit like i right. i can only sort of half think of retiring i'm almost 35 my little brother is about 10 years younger than me and i think he like just recently got a job with a pension plan so he's i don't even know if he considered that when he when he signed the papers but that's yeah. sort of the you know when you're in your 20s you're not thinking about that as much but as you get older and as you know you get closer to retirement you start thinking about it more and i think in your 50s that's the make or break time right kelvin that's yeah. when you need to really make sure that you've got everything in the right position to move you into the next 10, 15 years until you retire. Yeah, well, it's funny you say that because most Canadians, when they did a survey, found that we have 5% more money in our bank accounts. Wow. When the COVID started. Well, we're not driving mm -hmm. anywhere. We're not taking the 4 7. We're not eating out. We're not. So all that money right. is in our bank Vacations account. we're not necessarily taking. And if we are, we're not going as far away. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that about the age. So, so when we look at planning our retirement, and, and the topic is, you know, the five moves to make in your 50s, but it could really be any age. So when I looked at how much money do people have at different ages, you know, the, the fives are important ages, right? It's like 15, 25, 35, 40, right? So when you're age 25, the average Canadian has zero in their RSPs. When you're 35, you have zero in your RSPs. When really? you're 45, you have 121,000. Now, these are okay. the average Canadian, right? When mm -hmm. you're 55, you have 283,000. And when you're 65, you have just about 500,000. So wherever you are in the spectrum, figure out when, how much money you want and figure out what you have to do to get to the number. Canadians are right, worried so about much... their jobs. We're worried about... Mm -hmm. Are we going to be called back? So, so, so there's some statistics with small businesses. 60% of small businesses were forced to make changes, some drastic and some subtle changes. 40% mm -hmm. of the small businesses reduced uh, their the headcount, so let people go. And 44% reduced um, their hours and compensation. Right. So you got Both of those things affect you. Yeah. So, you, so you, will you be called back to work? Probably. Um, so you got to make provisions and plan out wherever you are in the spectrum. So it's not as bad as we think, you know. I think we listen to the news too much. And everything is... Well, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think that there's sort of a, there is a bit of a, a tale of two uh, pandemics. There's a tale of two recessions, really. Some people are, as much as we say we're all in this together, some people are in this a lot more. You know, some people right. have, are not able to work at all. 
I, and some people are having to cut back drastically. Some people's businesses are affected positively and other people's mm -hmm. businesses have been affected neg negatively. And that's obviously going to affect sort of those plans moving forward. Well, think about this. Canada got downgraded um, by uh, Finch to AAA rating. So there's three, for people that don't know, there's three agencies that that run our, um, you know, give us a credit rating. It's Fitch, Moody's, and Global Rating. I think we all know Moody's because we hear it all the time. Mm -hmm. And the reason we got downgraded is because the federal government has borrowed about a quarter of a trillion dollars to, to help us through the pandemic, which is a lot, it seems like a lot of money, but it's only 53% of our GDP. And if they didn't do it, I think would be lining up on soup lines. Right. So I guess they had to kind of figure, well, what do we do? Do we have everybody go unemployed and starve to death, or do we spend more money and get us there? The highest GDP debt was in 1996. It was 82% of our GDP. But we wow. didn't realize it back then. And the, and the lowest was in 1977. It was about 32% of our GDP. So we're somewhat in the middle, you know. We're at 52% of GDP. So we're okay. We're we'll get out of this. So we need. To That's a decent way to look at it. And within a, a lot of our listeners' lifetime, they've seen that worst debt, and they've seen it get better, and yeah. they've seen the best debt for a lot of our listeners as well. So. And, and there's always some major event in the world that happens that changes our behavior. Think of, I don't know, you probably don't know it because you're too young, but um, the oil embargo back in the 70s changed the way we drove, changed the way cars were built. So it just changed the way we did things. You know, we went from gas guzzlers to the K car. So this COVID is maybe going to change the way that we get around with electric cars, with, you know, I don't know. We don't know yet because we're, in, we're too fresh. We're in the middle of it. Yeah. So then when we get out of it, we'll look back and say, oh, my gosh, that was a good thing that happened. I don't know. Right. I think if anything, in any challenge, if you learn from the challenge and you're better for it, then we're going to be in a better position. And, you know, what? that's one of the great reasons to have a guy like Kelvin on your side, because you can he's learned from other people's experiences. He's been in the business for three decades and he's able to really sort of map out a course for you based on those lessons. You know what? Very good point. What, what I do is nothing really genius. What I do is when I speak to people, they tell me everything about their lives, first of all, their health, their kids, all that kind of stuff, before we talk about money. And then while they're telling me things, I'm kind of figuring, I'm kind of figuring okay, what did we do for somebody like this 15 years ago? And it worked out really well, despite the markets going up and down, despite they lose their jobs, things like that. And why did it work out well for them? So you do the same thing. Don't reinvent the wheel. Add your spoke to it and move on. And I think that's what people should do. Right. And I think that that's an important lesson. And the, if, you, if you're doing it on your own, you don't have the benefit of hindsight. You don't have the benefit of other people's experiences. You don't have the benefit of all that history. All you know is your own experience, and it can seem very daunting. And I think that's why it's good to have an advisor on your side. 
AskKelvin.ca is the website to reach Kelvin at that's ask K E L V I N dot C A and you can call him anytime at 416-457-7526 and we'll get more into those uh, tips for the financial moves you should be making in your 50s when we continue the show after the break here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And this is Your Life, Your Money with Kelvin the Money Guy. I'm Chris Creston. And you can always visit Kelvin's website, askkelvin.ca. That's ask, K-E-L-V-I-N dot C-A. You can also listen to past shows there and at 640toronto.com. Uh, today we're going to be talking about some tips, some financial moves that you should be making in your 50s. And we were talking in the previous segment, Kelvin, about how so you are getting to your 50s and there's maybe, you know, hopefully, knock on wood, you're earning a little bit more, you're getting your ducks in a row, but you're also thinking, I don't want to be working anymore. I don't want to be working right. too much longer. There's got to be some, uh, some light at the end of the tunnel. How do I make sure that I've got everything in place so that I get to the end of that tunnel and I'm prepared for right. retirement? Yes. So your 50s is a really interesting time because many of us, our kids are finished university looking for a job. When you hit 55, I think a lot of them are moving out. Like I know my daughter, Brittany's moving out on the weekend, um, trying to find their own footing in life. So what happens is now you have more disposable money because you don't have to spend it on certain things, you know, food and stuff like that for them. So you got more money in your in your pocket. Your mortgage is probably paid down quite a bit or paid off because we're very diligent of paying off our Canadians are very diligent about paying off mortgages, which is a good thing. So now in your fifties, it's time to get your financial house in order. So what should I do? What do I do to plan out for the next 10, 15 years as I retire? And by the way, most Canadians should have enough money if they do it right when they're 62 so that they could retire if they choose. They don't have to. Wow. But if you do it properly, you should be able to have enough in your hands to retire. Mm-hmm. But some do, some don't. Is, and the only difference is a lack of planning. When you're in your 50s, you have to start looking for t- more tax efficiency inside of your investments. You have to try, I'm not a big fan of RSPs, but when it gets to your 50s and 60s, you want to maybe maximize your RSPs. You want to maximize your TFSAs, which is a big thing. We talked about it last time. Look at maybe your voluntary contributions in your workplace. Sometimes uh, companies allow you to buy back your pensions and so on. It's not for everyone, but you need to look at things like that. And people need to remember that when you retire, you really don't want interest income because interest income is taxed at 100%, you know, pensions, things like that. So try as you build your wealth, try and build it to collect dividends and capital gains and things like that because the tax treatment of those things are a lot um, better than interest income. Many times we worry about the stock markets going up and down and up and down, but we give very little consideration to the tax plan. And as you know, and think we all know, taxes are only going to go up because of the COVID. We got to pay it all back. So 
So it's, it's more important now. And, you know, that's a, an interesting thing that I hadn't really thought about because it, it always seems to be, okay, how do I find something that earns more interest? How am I going to find some way to park this money in something that's going to make me a little bit more mm -hmm. money? And you never give any thought to how am I going to be taxed on this? You know, or, or you give very little thought to it. So when you think about that tax efficiency, talking about gains and dividends, so any examples you can give of something that would help you out with that, you know, uh, making sure that you're in something that's going to earn a little bit more when it comes to dividends and uh, and tax you a little lighter than the interest-based gains. Right. So, you know, stay away from things like GICs and that kind of stuff. In today's environment, they don't pay anything anyhow. Um, if you buy a good mutual fund or segregated fund or a good investment, many of those produce dividends inside and they buy you more units and so on. Uh, speak to your advisor about that kind of stuff. Um, if not, and if you don't have one, give me a call. But that's the kind of thing that you that you want to do. In, so just think about this: interest is bad, dividends is good. It used to be the other way around a long time ago. Interest mm -hmm. was great because we got like you know I remember my parents' days. Man, they got like twelve, thirteen percent in the GIC. So you're doubling right. your money every six years without the risk. Now it's the opposite. So we got to really do some thinking. One of the biggest problems that I see is people don't make adjustments to their portfolios. They look at their statement and they look at the bottom line, did I make money or did I lose money? They have no idea of what's inside of the investments. How is the, uh, how is the money allocated? How is the money manager allocating my money? What are they doing? And as you get older, you want to allocate your money to provide safety and capital preservation. But then you have to think about, I'm 50, 55 years old, I'm probably gonna to live till I'm 85. Actually, in fact, if you're in your 50s today, most likely one of, your, one of the spouse is gonna to live till they're 90, 93, they said. So I might live longer in my retirement than in my working years. So I better make sure that the investments that I have have some growth-oriented investments in it to keep up with the long-term goals. Because, man, if you live past 80 and you have no money, what is going to happen? Right? Right. So you've got to make sure that not only have you planned to survive until retirement or survive you know, the first few years of retirement, you want to make sure that you're continuing to grow your wealth throughout mm -hmm. that time period so that you're able to you know, earn more money or earn enough money to keep up your lifestyle through retirement as well in planning on the you know best case scenario planning on living for an extended period of time because right. you know your 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 best case scenario becomes a worst case scenario if you don't have any money sitting there money coming in to help you out through that time period and, and um mm -hmm. go on and I, and i think sometimes people forget that we live in the best country in the world that we have yeah. cpp and we have old age so most likely you're going to get on average with CPP about 700 bucks and old age about 600. So you're getting about 13, $1,400. You're married, your spouse is getting 12, same kind of thing, right? So you're pulling in about $2,500 a month anyways. So the question is how much money do I need to live when I retire? What do I need coming in? Assuming your mortgage is paid off and you know, your kids are not living with you anymore. And so when you talk about adjusting your portfolio, of course, that comes, your risk tolerance comes into, 
thought a little bit too, because you know someone who is you know in their 30s, 40s may have a different risk tolerance than someone who is approaching retirement. All of a sudden, your 10-year plan. You can say, well, I'm okay with losing a little bit on the short term, but when retirement is in the short term, then you've got to start to make sure that you've got something that's going to protect a little bit more right. of your uh, capital while right. still trying to make you some dividends. And, and many, some of the shows we talked about in the past, I talked about those GMWBs, those guaranteed withdrawal plans. And I think as you get older, as you get, as you approach your 65 to 70 years old, you want to look into those type of things because we know that every 10 years, 11 years, there's something that happens in the world that sends the stock markets tumbling down. So if you're 50, 55 today, you know in 10 years from now when you're 65, 67, you know something's going to happen. We don't know what, but the markets will plunge again. And are you prepared to sustain that when you're 65 or 70 years old. So a lot of those thoughts, have, a lot of those things have to go into your thought process as you're adjusting your portfolio to take advantage of what's happening. Like I said in the beginning of the show, we had the worst September in 18 years, and we had the best August in 11 years. So can we control the stock markets? Nah, we have to control how our thoughts, our thought process is what we have to control. And if you can do that successfully, you'll do well. But you need, to, you need to always assess every three months, I think, every four months, you need to sit down and look at your portfolio. Don't just look at the market value. Look at what's inside. What is, what is my manager, not me, the advisor, but what is the manager who's managing the money? What are they doing? Is it keeping up with what I want? Am I on target to get to where I want to get to? And I, and I think one of the things what I've learned over the last, you know, 20 years or so, and you should really review your, um, your, your investment with your advisor um, whenever the, we have a change of uh, season. So we're in fall. So every time we change, you should review it. Or you know how they tell us every time we change the clock, we should check the battery in the um, right the thing? Yeah. yeah. And the smoke detector, yeah. Yeah, so use your use your use those kind of things as a trigger to review your investments. Or they used to tell you when you change your oil, it was every five thousand kilometers. Now I guess you change oil every once a year. So maybe you don't want to <laughs> Yeah, if you're not driving to work every day, <laughs> you might not change your oil at all. Yeah. So get what I'm trying to say is get a system in place. Mm -hmm. Right. If you have if you have a problem you know, identify the problem, get a system in place, and the problem goes away. So if your portfolios are, if you're not comfortable, every quarter have a look at your, peek at your portfolio and go from there, and you'll be fine. You don't have to worry about all these ups and downs anymore. Yeah, make an appointment with yourself, make an appointment with your spouse, make an appointment with your advisor every yes. three or four months so that you're ready with those seasons changing. Great benchmark to just remind yourself all right, it's time to reassess and yeah. take a look at where my money is, where it's going, where it's been, and what's inside those instruments, what's inside my funds, and how I'm going to make right. more money or make sure that I'm protecting the money that I have. And on the back end of it, those financial institutions are always coming up with new funds and things like that. And for the average investor, 
it's hard to keep track of everything that's out there and I don't think that you really can. So for the average investor, a lot of people end up you know, investing in things that they heard about or some tip that they got mm -hmm. from some guy on the golf course. And then right. really at that point, you're, you're kind of you're, you're kind of gambling, you're kind of playing. It's a game at that point. I think you leave it up to the professionals as much as possible because that's what you do, Kelvin. You watch mm -hmm. these things. You're making these moves all the time and you have the benefit of being sort of inundated in it all the time to be able to say these are the these are the instruments we have these are the funds that we have this is what's inside of it and this is how we're going to make sure that we weather the season coming up right and and you know and there's so many funds today every time you turn around they're coming out with a new fund this and that how do people really know we don't know you don't you have no idea so you really need to figure you out, your risk. I know how I'm going to feel if I make 7%. How would I feel if I lose 7%? I don't need a million dollars when I retire. I need 500000 So assess you. What do you want? And what risk do you want to take to get to where you want to get to? And then choose the appropriate funds to fit into what you want. It's very simple, but we complicate it. They ask Canadians, right. what do you want when you retire? How much money do you want when you retire? The average Canadian wants $756,000 when they're 65 to 70 years old to retire on. The trouble is only 90%, only 10% of people have a plan to do it. 90% of us don't have a plan how, we, how we're going to do it. But we want the money, but we don't know how we're going to do it. So, again, you need to reassess you. You know, how am I going to how am I going to get there? And then, you know, we'll touch on the other uh, three, four, five after the break um, on things that you need to plan for when you're in your 50s. So you don't have to worry about it when you hit 60 and 70 years old. Yeah, are you, you know, looking to make sure that you've got that money there for your retirement? You're making making sure that you've got all your boxes checked off, making sure that your funds are in the right place to move into the next few years of your life. Well, Kelvin the Money Guy is here to help you. AskKelvin.ca is his website. That's ask K E L V I N dot C A. And you can call him anytime, 416-457-7526. That's 416 416- Four five seven plan. Stay tuned to your life, your money here on Global News Radio six forty Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio six forty Toronto. This is your life. Your money. I'm Chris Creston, and I'm joined as always by Kelvin, the money guy. He's one of the top financial advisors in the country, so he's a great guy to get to know. You can give him a call anytime at 416 457 7526. That's 416 457 plan. And don't forget, you can visit his website anytime, askkelvin.ca. That's ask K E L V I N. Dot ca and you can listen to past shows you can email him there as well with your questions and uh, just tap into his 
knowledge. And we've been talking about some financial moves you should be making in your 50s as you're get, starting to think, all right, that uh, long-term plan of retirement is becoming more and more short-term and you're thinking about what you need to do to move yourself into that position. We've talked about go for tax efficiency, talking about making sure that you know interest isn't earning you that much, dividends, capital gains will, and you're gonna save money on the taxes that way as well. Adjust your portfolio, make sure your portfolio is in the right uh, place to move forward into this period and protecting sort of the, the initial capital, protecting what you have in there as well. And assess your insurance needs is the next step along the way here. And I don't think a lot of people think about their insurance when they're talking to their financial advisor because they think uh, insurance, don't I talk to the insurance guy about that? What, what do I need to do? And, and we as advisors don't really sit down too much and address the insurance needs of, uh, of our clients. And I think we should. You know, look at your uh, disability. If you're self-employed, you need disability insurance. You know, if you're under 45, like I would say, you need to buy critical illness insurance because stroke, cancer, heart attack is a part of our part of our lives now, right? So look at critical illness. Call and let's find out how much it costs you to do it, even if it take money out of your RSP to pay it due because the only thing that doesn't get us to our retirement is health. Once we get health issues, we're toast. We're going to have to leverage our house, maybe use our savings and things like that. So really seriously look at critical illness. Critical illness is you buy it for one time your income. If you don't get the, the illness within 20 years, you get your money back. So it didn't cost you anything. So it's another way of preserving and protecting yourself. You know, in life insurance, life insurance has always been one of those things that people don't talk about because they're associated with death. Well, life insurance has changed. It could protect your estate. There's a lot of things you can use it for. It's another tool that you have that you can use to help yourself. Living benefits. Lots of things we need to talk about that, that we don't. And if you're in your 60s, you want to start thinking about long-term care. How are you going to fund it? I have clients now that unfortunately have to move into homes. And man, I'll tell you, it's like six, $7,000 a month. Wow. Really expensive, right? Maybe with the COVID happening, it'll change the way long-term care homes are done now, hopefully. But think about that. Man, it's going to cost you like six grand, five to $6,000 a year, like a month to, to live there. So we need to think about it. Not to scare anybody, but we need to think about those things. If you don't have the conversation, you'll never do it. So assess right. your insurance needs. I, I see people that buy mortgage insurance from the banks, and they're just overpaying. You're paying too much mm -hmm. money. So assess your insurance needs and figure out where you can save some money. And I think a lot of people, especially people who are now you know, supplementing their income in the gig economy, or they're working at uh, multiple jobs, or they're self-employed, working for themselves, or they own a business, those are the people who especially need to worry about some of that long-term uh, mm -hmm. or illness insurance or injury insurance because you're, if you, you know what, we, we live in a great country, we're paying taxes that right. end up paying for our health care, but that doesn't help you if you can't work for nine months. That doesn't help you if you can't uh, pay your bills in the short term, you, you'll you'll probably get over whatever illness you have, but you, you're you gonna be stuck in a hole 
coming out of it and have to work twice as hard after you've just lived through the most terrible year of your life. Yeah. Well, think about this. They say that if you get cancer, uh, it's not going to kill you right away, but you'll be off work for about six to eight months. So the question you have to ask yourself is, do I have enough money in the till if that happens to me? And if the answer is no, get yourself a critical illness insurance. Call your advisor or give me a call and let's figure out what's going to cost you to, to cover one time your income so that if it does happen, you're okay. If it doesn't happen, you get all your money back. So what if you bought car insurance? So it's a forced saving plan, right? Yeah, actually, yeah, it is. What if you bought car insurance and the insurance company says, okay, you know what, after 30 years, you don't have an accident, you get all your money back. You wouldn't mind paying oh my it, right? God. I would love that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now it just feels like a black hole. But if you know, and it, a program like the critical illness insurance, you get it back if you don't use it, then that's the best of both worlds. A, you stayed healthy, and B, yeah. there, you get paid for staying healthy. That's a pretty good yeah. situation. You get your money back. And say, say you're 40 years old, right? And you make a, a hundred grand. To cover that, it's about roughly about $3,000. So over 20 years, you put in, you know, uh, about 50 grand, something like that. Well, if you don't get the credit illness, you get the money back. You take all the money, you throw it into an RSP with the tax return, depending on your income. It's like, it's like had you invested your money for those 20 years and earned about a 4% return. So what did you lose? Nothing. But what if something did happen? It will be, be the best thing you bought. You'd say, man, I wish I bought more. So assess your insurance need. The next thing is... Get a taste of retirement now. And actually, we a lot of people are like retired now because we're at home with our spouse. Right. Do we like it? I don't know. We're <laughs> Depends. <laughs> yeah, so we're spending less money. So in retirement, we spend less money. We look for things to save money. Remember, when we always talk about science. I remember when his parents retired and they moved to Florida and they would yeah. go to dinner at a five. To save money? Yes, the early bird special. <laughs> yeah. So look, so pretend you're retired now and do those kind of things. And like I say in the, in the beginning, we're saving 5% more money because we're not going out anywhere. And when you're retired, you're not going out to lunch every day. You're not doing all those things. So pretend you're retired now and see, and see how you like it and see, can you do it? Because you've got 10, 15 years to do it, so pretend that you retired and so a bit of a dry run and I know when I talk to people who are in their 50s and in their 60s a lot of them tell me that they they can't imagine retiring because they don't know what they would do and I think right now they've got this opportunity right now to have a bit of a dry run right through COVID and say all right this is what it's like to be at home all day this is what it's yeah. like to not have so many sort of uh, organized things for me to do throughout the right. week. And, and how, how am I surviving that? How am I able to mentally deal with that? And then, because I think that's one of the biggest hurdles to jump through is sort of thinking, okay, how do I do this? How, do, how can I be retired, still feel useful, and um, also be in a position to do the things that I really like to do? Golf can be expensive. You know, there's a, people dream sure. of retiring and golfing every day, but you've got to make sure you've got the money in the bank to do that. And it's also frustrating golfing, right? So, <laughs> yes. So I'm glad you brought this up because the biggest, the biggest problem with retiring is not money. 
we'll have enough because we'll make do with what we have. We're very, that's how we live, right? The biggest flaw is what am I going to do? Remember, since we were like five or six years old, we've been getting up in the morning and going to school or going to work or doing something. Well, now retirement comes and what do I do tomorrow? So the biggest thing I can, I can see with clients is what do I do? And, and if you don't find something to do now to figure it out when you hit that six years old, your health is going to suffer because you have, you're mentally, you don't have nothing to do. So the biggest thing I could say to people is find something that you're going to do, that you're going to enjoy doing because it will drive you nuts retirement. So pretend you're retired now and get a sense of what happens. Look at your level of income that you needed and try and live on that. So if you're making $5,000 a month and you only need $4,000, well, try and live on the four and see how it is. So that when you get to that 60 years old, you're good to go. Now think about it. little dry run. Mm-hmm, exactly. Let's take a quick break, and I'll remind you right now that you can call Kelvin anytime, 416-457-7526. That's 416-457-PLAN, and you can always visit Kelvin's website, askkelvin.ca. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Your life, your money, here with Kelvin the Money Guy. I am Chris Creston. Don't forget, you can always visit askkelvin.ca. That's ask, K-E-L-V-I-N.ca. Listen to past shows. Play this show back to your spouse or someone else if they're, you know, you know they're thinking about these sorts of things and they want to uh, and they don't know where to start. Kelvin the Money Guy has a vast knowledge on everything to do with your money and can tie it into your lifestyle as well. 416-457-7526. That's 416-457-PLAN. We've been talking about financial moves to make in your 50s. And just before we took the break, Kelvin was getting to uh, one of his last points that he wanted to make on the show. Kelvin, I'll let you take it away. Yeah, so I think the most important one is to work with a financial advisor. Studies have shown that when you use an independent financial advisor, you will make about a 3% return higher than doing it on your own. So ideally, you've already been working with a professional to get advice on what to do. But if not, it's not too late. You can still benefit from getting you know, a personal financial plan from someone. It doesn't have to be me. It could be your own person or reach, reach out to someone. The biggest flaw is that we never plan what we want. And when we get to that close to retirement age, we have some financial shortfalls and then we stress over it. So don't be doing that. And I see on TV, you, know, you probably see on TV too, all these commercials telling us that we can retire 20% wealthier if we do it on our own. Well, it's not true. It's not true. Yeah, it's all. normally a couple of people talking, ends with someone saying something smug, and both of them looking mm-hmm. like <laughs> looking like fools in the end. And I don't know, like, are, it, it, does that make any sense to have a robot doing everything for you no. or a real person you can call up? And, and sometimes the commercial are American commercials, so it has nothing to do with us but we get fond of this trap. And fees, it really, it really bothers me when I hear about fees, fees, fees. 
because your return is net of fees. So if you said, Chris, if you said to me, I want to make a 7% return on my money, good or bad, right? Seven down or seven up, that's what my company. Mm -hmm. But what if your fees are 9%? What do you care? Because you're getting, you're getting what you want. So you really have to assess this fee business, you know. Um, don't let the fees bog you down. Look at the return. Look at your investments. Am I keeping on track? Is my advisor calling me every three months or four months to keep me on track? Are they tax planning? The robot advisor doesn't do any tax planning, but the, the human guy does. So look at those kind of things. Um, you know, if I always checklist, actually business owners, if you're a business owner, do you have a succession plan? If you sell your business, what happens? If you die, what happens? There's a spouse state, like what, we don't know. We live everything by chance when we, when we look at our, our money. So there's a checklist, there's things to do. Maximize your tax efficiency on your portfolio. Adjust your, your investment portfolio. Assess your needs, your insurance needs. Practice living in the now. Pretend that you're retired right now and see what happens. Try it out for six months. And the most important thing I think is speak to your advisor and look at your asset allocation. Look at where you are. How far am I away from retirement? Am I close? Am I close? Am I short? If I'm short, what do I got to do? That kind of stuff. So really, I guess the gist of it is to sit down and have a sound plan for short-term and long-term goals. And for goodness sake, don't be caught up in fees. It's just terrible how the news just talks about fees and fees and fees, my gosh. And then we get consumed in it, you know? Well, and, and that's the thing. And I think a lot of people look at those fees and they think, well, I'm... I, I don't want to, it's short-sighted. I don't want to have to pay a fee for a service that's being provided to me. And, you know, if any, in, in any situation, you know, how are you going to call a plumber and not pay him anything? How are you going to call an electrician <laughs> yeah. and not pay him anything? Yeah. How are you going to call up your financial advisor and not want to have to pay for it? And you're going to get a better return on your investment because you're paying those fees. You're tapping into the vast experience and knowledge of someone like Kelvin, the money guy. And the funny thing is, and we use an independent financial advisor, our income depends on your investment. So the more money you make, the more money we make. So we have a vested interest to make sure you're doing all the right things. Not only investing money, that's a tiny portion. Are you saving money on your car insurance? Are you saving money on, you know, how, what are you doing with the other side of your life? Because it's not just about investments. So the biggest thing I'd say is speak to your advisor if you don't have one, give me a quick call. AskKelvin.ca is the website. That's askkelvin.ca, and you can call them anytime, 416-457-7526. That's 416-457-PLAN. Hey, Kelvin, thanks again for another great show, and we'll talk to yeah. you again soon. Thank you. All right. Have a nice day. 416-457-7526, askkelvin.ca. Stay tuned to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of the advertiser. Opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.